Welcome back to the Be Just That podcast, where we discuss everyday topics through a biblical lens. We believe that the Bible is just as applicable today as it was 2,000 years ago, and is filled with answers to all of life's most pressing questions. Furthermore, we believe that knowing and standing firm in our identity as a child of God is imperative when navigating life on earth, because what if we find in looking through the scriptures that God has told us who to be? Could we choose to be just that? Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? It's going swell. Um, it's Saturday, which means the whole fam's home, and it's time to do hectic stuff. Let's do hectic stuff. No Actually, we're going swimming. Oh, little Rio. I know she's so. Our swimming pool, the rec center has like a lazy river in it, like a walking lazy river. It's pretty cool, actually. Um, actually, it sounds cooler than it is, I guess. But yeah. whatever. And we were just walking in it, and Rio's so chill. She's just like, I spent 10 months in the water, in the womb. So this feels like home. <laughs> She's so, so chill. Does she, like, sit in a floaty or what? No, I just hold her. Oh, okay. I never let her go. She sleeps in my arms. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's so true. It's so true. I know we were talking about, um, so the there's been a lot of babies at work recently, and um, I was talking to Haley about her baby, who's just a week older than Rio. And she was saying that they transitioned her to the crib and they've been doing the cry it out method and trying to, you know, like get her to self-soothe and go to bed and blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, that's so early. <laughs> I didn't know because <laughs> I don't have any other insight as you're to, like my like, normal. Two and, yeah, you're like my two and a half year old niece still sleeps with. Okay, I'll just expose all of us. We, which I think this is like, normal I think it's not normal like I don't know why it's the custom of like all of America to transition which I mean to each their own but to transition their kids out of their room so fast but look I think that there's such a perk of keeping your kids close in all the aspects um but Quinn still sleeps with us Rio literally sleeps in my arms and let me just tell you she like I have gotten more sleep postpartum like these last four months that she's been born than I did like when I was pregnant or even like before I got pregnant like she is such a dream as like all she wants is to smell my scent and feel my heartbeat and my warmth and she sleeps like an angel like it's an it's amazing and she's four months old and I mean I could be speaking too soon, but normally babies go through like a four month old sleep regression and she's not, she's doing so good. Precious. So I just think there's so much, yeah, I think there's so much to be said about keeping them close and. Yeah, I was mostly just saying that it's a you thing more than anything. It's, it's not about Connie, it's about you wanting to cuddle her. She naps in her crib, and she loves her naps, man. I was gonna like, say she'll she's tell so me, 
Yeah, she'll tell me when she wants to go take a nap. And she sleeps without fail two hours every single day in her crib. Which and is she's not really content crib, being like, alone. Oh, she loves it. <laughs> it's about us. It's about us. We tried um, when she was, before she turned one, I think we tried transitioning to her, her to her own room. Oh, it didn't even last a night. I went in there and I scooped up. I was like, ah, uh-uh. no. I kept having like these thoughts, which now thinking about it, probably definitely from the enemy, but um, having thoughts that people were like going to break in through her window and steal her. And I'm just like, it's not needed. You know, we have a huge bed. We've got lots of room to share. They're our whole world. <laughs> so <laughs> they sleep with us and it's the best. Well, and two, you get to spend every second of your day with them. So it's not like they have to learn at this young age to be able to go to daycare or go to school or anything like that. Like you, exactly. you're literally spending so much time with them. So, and yeah, you also time. like, like I said, Quit is so content being alone. So it's, she has her independence in different ways. Yeah. I mean, I'm home with them seven days a week. I work from home and I am going to homeschool them eventually. So we're just, I don't know. And I always, like, that was always my dream for family too, is just to be so close. And like, obviously I want them to see me as their mom and not like their best friend because we've seen how that goes south quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just want us to be the closest little family and I love it. I love it so much. And you know what? In other countries, it's like, like this is normal. Like what we're doing is normal and what the like um pediatric association tells you to do is not normal to other people in other countries like i don't know yeah um also just to give a little disclaimer it is literally like the wind is blowing so hard here so if you hear a lot of background noise it's my house blowing away that's all it's my door like my sliding door on my balcony it's just shaking in the wind. It's that windy. Can you hear it now? No. Okay. Well, you might hear it. So apologize. Yeah, because it's what all of like. Oh, did you just hear Rio sneeze? <laughs> no. Cutest little bean. Um, <laughs> what is it like? Two degrees there. I don't know, but the wind chill is. It's got to be crazy. It has been blowing all night, and I have been up all night. And it says it's going to just continue on. Let's see. No, it's actually 11 degrees, but it feels like negative 7. Heck mm-hmm. no, heck no. I do not want to go skiing with it blowing around like a wildebeest in a tornado out there. Has. That's so crazy. Like, we're only two hours away from each other, and it's 27 degrees here with I have 41. Yeah. That is crazy. Thank you. Well, um, what are we talking about today? We are talking about how to study your Bible. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just practical tips on how we have either done it in the past, are doing it currently, have seen it done, 
there's just so many ways and I feel like some people get really intimidated thinking about how to start so we just wanted to make a little podcast about all the different strategies that we have on getting not only just like studying the Bible but like really getting excited about it and understanding it because I feel like that's the premise or that is the prerequisite to learning getting wisdom and really enjoying the Bible um, and wanting to like read into it more is just having something that you can understand you know yeah and like you said that's it's all about getting excited about it because we should as Christians we should be getting into the word likely every day you know speaking truth over yourself it's always really great to do it and the morning just so you have that um that's how you start your day but if you're not a morning person it's important to find a time that is consistent for you like anything in life whether it's working out or reading your bible finding a time to do it that is consistent and you know i saw something the other day and it made me kind of sad um it was a like a reel about how just kind of normalizing that it's okay that you're a mom now and you don't have you can't find time to like spend time with Jesus and I'm like what (laughs) like yeah I know people I feel like that's just enemy propaganda like it's never okay to not spend time with Jesus because that's your lifeline that that is your only source of hope in life it's your weapon against the enemy which is why yeah exactly that is totally the enemy because if he can keep us out of the word like he's keeping us from so much power because it says in the bible like it is our sword it is our weapon against him yeah it's the lamp that guides our feet and lights our path like it is the teachings and instructions the life manual and i think some people like i've definitely heard this recently that people are like well did Jesus say that and I'm like it's in the Bible and they're like yeah but did Jesus say that the Bible was written by people and I'm like it says that even in 2 Timothy 3 16 like all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right so uh, I think like people just think it's this book of rules and it's like, yes, there there are some rules in there, first, if you want to call it that, or the, some guiding principles in there. But it's also a book of history. It's a book of stories. It's a book of encouragement. It's a book of instruction. It's a book of kind of walking through day-to-day things. And it's a love letter. It's like, it's all the things. It's a shield. What? It's a sword. It is... Yeah, it's so many things, and the least of those is just rules, you know? Mm-hmm. It is the pathway to really understanding the heart of God. Yes. And, um, yeah, and it's like, I feel like people just don't see it that way. And it's something that dad always told us when we were growing up, and I think it's such a valuable piece of advice, is you don't always have to make... The mistake you can learn from other people's mistakes like mm-hmm. that's the bible 
if you read the Bible and learn about everyone else's mistakes, you can, it, and you take those to heart, you can learn from those without doing them. It, the Bible is applicable today just as much as it was when it was being written. It's yeah. the same life stuff coming on. Does our life look a lot different now? Yeah, but it's those same principles, those same struggles that we have that come up. So it's not like the Bible is invalid or out of date or unapplicable. It's it's all those things. And while it does have a lot of quote unquote rules, like any like a lot of the rules that we have in life, they're there to protect us and while it does kind of seem at some periods in your life like man Jesus just doesn't want us to have any fun or whatever it may be you're gonna wake up and realize one day like those are in there to protect us and I'm sad honestly that I haven't followed all of what Jesus has told me to do and I have seen the repercussions of that and I'm honestly saddened and I wish I could go back and like I'd say pretty much all of my regrets in life are from not following what Jesus says we should be doing. No, yeah, I agree with that. And you know, Jesus came to fulfill the law, not to abolish it. He came to give it life and to give it context, to give it meaning, to let it be a source of hope instead of a source of condemnation. And when you look at Jesus' time on earth, there were the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they were so hung up on all these rules and doing everything perfectly, and um, that they, it, it was a religion and not a relationship. And God came to say, these are guiding principles but above all, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And so while, yes, there are some rules in the Bible, like God, we do not serve a legalistic God. Our heart is to love God and love people and doing that above everything else. And, you know, like when Jesus was on earth, he performed miracles on the Sabbath. He worked on the Sabbath. And they just thought that was the worst thing that he could have ever done. So he loved someone and helped them on a day of rest. And he was persecuted for it. And I I think that, you know, like, if you adhere to only rules and you see religion as only rules, you will lose sight of the beauty of relationship with God. And that is never his intention. They're guiding Mm -hmm. principles to keep us out of harm's way to encourage us, to give us some hope and a guidance in difficult situations, but it was never meant to keep us from actually knowing the heart of God. Yep. So what would you, what advice would you give to someone who has maybe tried to read the Bible before, maybe they've tried to read cover to cover and nothing is sticking, like no team is sticking and they have a hard time getting through the more mundane and boring parts of the Bible, because I think that's important too, um, to point out is like, stick with it, be consistent, because 
not every day are you going to have like this revelation from what you're reading. Like some days you're going to walk away and you're going to be like, I honestly don't even know what I just read or like how it applies to my day. Um, because it was about, maybe it was something, you know, like a song of songs, like a weird one or songs of Solomon or something like that, you know, which all, they all are in the Bible for a reason. They all have their purpose. But what would you say to the person that is having a hard time being consistent with their Bible study? So many things to say, but first of all, I really, and people think this is crazy, and I've said it over and over again, I've said it to people who work in the church and have never done this, but I highly, highly, highly encourage reading every word in the Bible, cover to cover. And, and when I say cover to cover, it doesn't actually have to be all in order, um, but I will say that, that was one of the most life-changing things I ever did was read the entire scripture. and. I had different Bible studies going on, so I didn't read it all in order, Um, but it took me a little over a year to finish it, and I didn't follow, like, a Bible plan or anything. I was just so infatuated with what I had to say, and all of a sudden things came to life, and I think, honestly, the biggest tip and the biggest thing that changed for me right before I did that was the Bible that I had. So I I would say that that's one of my number one tips is if you don't know this, there are many different versions of the Bible, many different translations of the Bible. So um, you have New New International Version, The Message, um, New King James Version. I don't Maybe even know how. start with that one. <laughs> well, yeah. And like, you'll hear some people say that's the only version to read. And I yeah. don't understand a lick of the New King James Version. It's and hard I to think, apply it to your life. Yeah. And like, even, so I traditionally had NIV. We had NIV Bibles growing yeah. up. And I, that's a pretty mild version. But um, honestly, we, for Demi and Brandon's wedding, my dad gifted all of us the exact same Bible because we were going to start a family Bible study and he just thought it would be easier if we had the same version, the same Bible, so we could say, go to this page or whatever. And so um, dad and, and Cassandra gifted us these Bibles and the their, the New Living Translation, their large print, they're, they have a lot of the study Bible content in them. I'll see if can link them in the show notes too. Yeah, that would be great. I just think the world of this version and I it is so much more easily digestible for me. It's it's not quite the message. If you know the message, it's um it is a very raw version, uh, and often used in youth groups and things like that. I would say it's it's a bit more in, um I don't want to say adult version, but um, I don't know. It's so much more simple and easy to understand. It's not as cryptic as the New King James Version, and I just really appreciated that. I think that if anyone struggles to really understand, like you're just reading a verse over and over and over again, and you just have no idea what it's saying, maybe it's the version that you're reading, mm-hmm. and maybe that just like is not resonating with you. I honestly would suggest 
switching to the new living transition. And then from there, looking at different versions or translations of scriptures as you study. Because you're going to see that they differ a little bit and they just the the changes in their language add different insight even though it is saying the same thing it's it adds just like a different insight or it may just resonate with your heart differently or make you think of something a little bit differently yeah and i think one of my favorite parts about the study bible that we have is the commentary down at the bottom because it honestly there's a lot of reflection questions throughout the commentary that makes you really think. And I really like that because it, um, it has a good segue into maybe the more journaling aspect of your Bible study is answering some of those reflective questions down in the commentary. And they're all like pretty, um, I don't know. They're just really relevant to, life situations and they help break things down there's a lot of history in the commentary there's a lot of just kind of giving you backstory so if you haven't read the whole bible and you don't really know what they're referencing there's really great history and reference points down at the bottom in the commentary and i get so much out of that like i have a hard time um reading and understanding the bible at times but if i drop down and read that commentary i'm like oh man that makes so much sense no that's so true and you will find that a lot of that commentary is the same in different scriptures so like at our uh, bible study our young adults bible study we will all read the passage together like our young adult pastor will read it oftentimes and then we'll all have our own scriptures, whether it just be the Bible app on our phone or we bring our Bibles, whatever. So everyone kind of has their own version and that leads to a lot of cool conversation. But I've noticed that um, that translation or sorry, that commentary is not specific to our translation. It's in a lot of NIV and probably some other ones too. So they have like that same that same wording. I don't know. I guess that would be interesting to know. I'm not sure where that comes from. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not specific to like the Bible that we have or the translation that we have. It will say the same things across many different translations. Yeah. But you're right. It is super helpful just to like understand the context or if you read something and you're like, I have no idea what that means. A lot of times you can go down and read someone else's commentary on it and kind of get a better idea. Another thing along with that is you can read outside commentary. So for our young adults group, our pastor often pulls David Guzik's commentary. Um, So you can just like Google commentary on this and you'll find a lot there that's similar to what you'll find at the bottom of your scriptures if you have that study Bible. So would you recommend to people to start at genesis which if you don't know that's the first book of the bible genesis literally means the beginning and um would you suggest starting at genesis or would you recommend to somebody maybe starting with the gospels yeah i think if you are new to the faith especially i think maybe if you grew up in a christian household 
and you're not necessarily new to the faith, but maybe you're just new to reading your Bible and kind of independent studying, that would be fine because I think you understand the premise of the gospel, or I hope you do, because I think that's the foundation of Christianity. If you don't believe in the gospels, I'm not sure if you can call yourself a Christian. Um, so I think that if you have that understanding, then you would probably be fine starting in Genesis. And, um, and if it helps you to follow like a year Bible plan or any other Bible plan that kind of starts you in that way, and you just need that structure to help you stay accountable, that I think that that is reasonable and fine. I think you're going to be successful doing that. You're going to learn a lot and you're going to kind of make connections that you maybe wouldn't if you were bopping around in the Bible. Um, but yeah, to your point, I, if you are new to the faith, I actually recommend starting in the gospels. It is specifically John. And, um, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the first four Bibles of the new Testament. And those are the gospels. And so that is the account of Jesus's time on earth. It has a lot of red lettering, so not every scripture has red lettering, but if you see a different color lettering in the scripture, I think always, if most of the time, if not always, um, that indicates that that is Jesus speaking. And so I think that just understanding the premise of that and the premise of the gospel is your foundation of Christianity, that Jesus came and he died for our sins, and that is why we are able to have eternal life with him. Um, and then from there, I think that you can kind of go wherever. The Old Testament is one of the most beautiful things. I actually fell in love with the Old Testament when I read the Bible all the way through, and it brought so much light and context to the New Testament. But I will say it can get a little bit hard, especially when you get into like the kings and judges area or era. Um, it's it's a lot of kings, there's a lot of names, it's a lot of wars, it's it's stuff like that. So it, it can be a little bit hard and mundane. If you are new to the faith, I recommend doing the Gospels and then going over to Romans, possibly over to James and kind of learning about the steadfast life. Um, you can get a little rundown in Hebrews especially um, in the Hall of Faith, they call it, which is kind of a nice recap of important characters in scripture. Um, and then really, I just think like a lot of people get the warm fuzziness from the letters to the churches and um, in Psalms, things like that. Proverbs tells you a lot about wisdom and the importance of wisdom in the fear of the Lord being the precursor to wisdom and the foundation of wisdom. Um, so yeah, I would say if you are new or just needing some of that more warm, fuzzy, inspiring, not just like, here's all the kings and here's all the wars and here's all the death and here's all the tribes, things like that, which can get, um, a little bit confusing. And sometimes you just feel like, okay, how is this applying to my life right now? I totally get it. Um, maybe just kind of allowing yourself to fall in love with scripture in those different areas and then following up with the Old Testament that is going to bring a lot of that to life and a lot of context to, to those messages.
Yeah. And I think too, like, we're not always going to be motivated to read our Bible. And I've definitely seen this in areas of my life where, um, you know, I would miss multiple days in a row of reading my Bible and you really do see the impact. Like, even if you don't think you're getting something out of it, like in those more boring chapters or just, I don't want to say boring, but sometimes some of them are hard to get through. And I think that that's just the reality of it. Um, they're not all warm, fuzzy, and like you're going to get a ton of wisdom out of them. But it's still important for us to know and to read them. So that's, of course, where discipline comes in. And even if you're just reading for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, I think that you're going to see such a huge impact of what that does to you and how that changes your day if you're spending time in the word even if you don't think you're getting something out of it once you go a period of time without reading the bible like you're you're going to notice how much those short sessions did matter um i just wanted to hop in and say too that there are so many tools out there like there's the one that i can think of off the top of my head um the Daily Grace Co., which we've done a couple of their Bible study plans, but basically it's just a company. They make, um, they'll take a book of the Bible and then they'll write a study book for it, which has, you know, reflection questions and journaling prompts and um, kind of just breaks down um, the book a little bit further. And while I think those things are really amazing and great at times and for some people more than others, I do think that at some point we just need to be strict and disciplined in reading the Bible for the Bible. You know, I think that sometimes we can overcomplicate it with a lot of these outside plans and things like that. And I think that honestly, if it's your first time reading the Bible, I would just get a journal your Bible, obviously, um, and go from there, you know, journal any questions that you might have as you're going through anything that really stands out to you. Like that's kind of what I do is I'll start to read and I choose a book that I'm going to read. Like right now, um, my husband and I are going through Matthew and, um, we just read a chapter every single day and I write down either any questions I have, anything that sticks out to me. And maybe it's a single verse that sticks out to me. Um, I will write down some prayer requests. I will write down, um, things that I want to work on that I just kind of felt called to in the chapter. But I guess all of that is just to say that there are so many tools out there that can be helpful, but I think that if it's your first time reading the Bible, just really be raw with it and just read the Bible and just journal. And I think that if you do want to like have a recap or whatever of the chapter you just read to understand it a little bit more, read the commentary, of course, but also there's the Bible project, which is um, good. They have videos on the 
uh, books of the Bible that you can watch that kind of help you understand it more too. But I think at some point we just need to not overcomplicate it and just have it be you and the Bible and read it. It's not always going to be fun and revelation, whatever. It's not going to, you're not going to have a huge, you know, revelation, but you're getting through it. You're having the discipline. You are making time for Jesus every day. Um, And the enemy hates that. So just always remember, because I think about this too, when I'm like, oh man, I should read my Bible, but I need to do X, Y, and Z things, or, oh, I'll just read it tomorrow. I'm like, nope, even more now I need to go read my Bible because I'm recognizing that the enemy is coming in. He's trying to distract me and there's nothing more important than equipping ourselves with scripture to speak over ourselves and just to be knowledgeable about what God says. Yeah, I like that. I like just keeping it simple. And, you know, a lot of these things, like the Daily Grace Co. um, and different devotionals can be expensive. And so just know, I think that's a great way to say, too, that it doesn't have to be expensive. And you don't have to buy all these different devotionals to really understand and to study. You just need a Bible. And um, if you don't have a Bible, there's a lot of really easy ways to get one, either online in a bookstore. A lot of churches give Bibles out for free. So if you are new at your church and maybe you need help finding a Bible, ask one of the pastors or the staff members for some help and they can help give you some guidance and go from there. But it definitely doesn't have to be glamorous or expensive by any means it can just be simple um i guess what are your how do you go about physically um like the physicality of studying your bible do you underline do you circle do you highlight do you have sticky notes do you write in your bible do you write in a journal are there color codings like how what does it look like to you when you sit down and study your Bible? And what are those tools like as if you were in a classroom that you use to help you kind of highlight what's important and, and really remember some of those things? Mm-hmm. I am a highlighter girl. And you definitely know where I've been in my Bible because it is all, <laughs> which is so funny. You know how they like in school, they teach you to like highlight the relevant stuff. You're literally reading the Bible. So like all of it's relevant. So so much of my Bible is highlighted. Um, so I'm a highlighter girl. I highlight, I have a journal and a pen and I will read, I will highlight, I will write in my Bible. If there's a word that really sticks out to me, I will circle that bad boy. Um, I, I don't think it hurts to make it pretty. (laughs) I think that it's kind of fun, you know, like, get your cute highlighter, get your pen, like just make it something that you love and you look forward to doing. And it, for me, that's like having a cute little journal, having some nice pens, having some highlighters. Um, and yeah, that's me. I am a highlighter girl. I highlight all the things. 
Yeah, and to give context to that, we both grew up as studiers in school. We were always studying, always taking notes, making note cards, highlighting, rewriting everything. So I think our Mm -hmm. approach to scripture is very much like our approach to school in the way that we are actually like we have the whole spread to study and um but if you weren't a person that studied in school like that i bet that that would not be something that you adopt as easily so just know like that's just how we do it you don't have to do it that way you can sit there and press play on the bible app and it'll read it to you yeah that's what my husband does he reads um but he also has the bible app open with his headphones in and while he's reading along in the bible he just has the voice also reading it to him because he's you know taking it in visually and um through audio so that's how my husband does it and it works really great for him yeah yeah that's great um another thing that you said in there that i want to highlight is the bible project i think the Bible Project is so cool in the sense that someone else will take you through an overview of the chapter and you get this, I don't know, sky high view of what's going on before you even read. And so I think doing, um, as you start a new book in the Bible, watching that book overview in, in the Bible Project would be so advantageous just to kind of understand what the premise of the book is because when you do read scripture sometimes it's like all right this is mentioning some things and i don't know like what that is in context of and or or you kind of just get like confused with the time and they do a really great job and they they have like a little sketch with it and so you can like visually see the whole outline of the book and they're also talking you through it and just hitting on the key these like key points i guess So I think watching that before you start a new book, as well as if you have a Bible that has this, reading the introduction to your book, and it has different things on the side, like who wrote the book, what's a key verse, what was the audience, things like that. And in our scripture at the top, we have a timeline. So like where in time is this actually relevant? I think all those things are helpful to understand context and it just gives you a little bit more of a footing to to grow on and understand on. And it just reminds you too, like, this is real. Like, this is exactly what you said. This is history or his story, you know? It's okay, I that. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a popakin. <laughs> But it's so true. And I think that when you, when I was younger, at least, I didn't really understand the, the power of scripture. I just thought that it was kind of something that I knew I needed to read. And, but once you start to like really read it for yourself and understand that, you know, you have, like, this is, literally our instructions for life like our instruction manual for life how to get through anything prayer you know like anything that you need and that's one thing too that i wanted to talk about is the um the bible app if you go to the bible 
um, app and you click on the Bible, there's a search engine at the top and you can literally search anything that you want to. Like if you are going through um, a divorce, if you are going through like fear or you're having a lot of anxiety, just type that word into the search engine of the Bible app and it will pull up pages of scripture to help you through that, which is so cool. So you don't have to just like sit there and be like, man, I really am going through this in my life and I want to read where that's applicable in the Bible, but you don't know where it's at. You can just put it in the search engine and it'll pull up stuff, which is super cool. Um, and I but, go off that as well, real quick, yeah. um, just because I don't typically read out of my Bible app, so this is new to me in the last year. Not the Bible app, but like this concept that I'm about to talk about is kind of new to me in the last year, um, just because I'm like more of a paper person. I like to write actually in my Bible, mostly, um, and then so like every time I reread, I can see what I had already thought and then kind of build off that. But if you, so the Bible app is literally, like, you can just search Bible app on your phone and um, download it for free. And in addition to that search engine, if you go, there's, like, different tabs on the bottom of your app. And if you go to plans, you can search different plans, and it'll walk you through all sorts of things. So, like, finances, how to become a better steward of your finances what does fasting mean? What's the overview of the whole Bible? What is like my purpose in life? How do I deal with anxiety? And they actually have like built-in devotionals into your app all for free. And and some of them are like three days. Some of them are the whole year. Um, So you can use that too if you're like, I'm just going through this season where I'm dealing with this and I need to know what scripture says and I need like a study and some guidance to really help me through. That's a great resource. Yeah, that's new to me this year, too. That's funny, because I don't think we've ever talked about this, but um, that's new to me this year, too. And I've done quite a few of their plans, and they are. They're really amazing, and that's so funny. We are definitely sisters, because I have How to Be a Good Steward of Your Finances, (laughs) one that I'm going through right now. Mm -hmm. And they have, like, fruits. The other one I'm doing is the Fruits of the Spirit for Self-Control, and I did the reason why I found it was because I really wanted to do a devotional when um, Brandon and I were going through some stuff with uh, Quinn and just the strain that that puts on your marriage. And so I really wanted to do a devotional of, you know, like how to be a good wife. And there's one on here. um, And it's like, I think it was a 30 day devotional for just praying for your husband and things like that. So they're really cool. And they don't take a lot of time they bring a devotional and then they have the supporting scriptures that you read as well. Yeah. So it is really yeah. cool. It is. I, just, I still don't even know how to use it. Like when I'm looking through some of these things and you can like check off everything. Like when you scroll over to complete it, uh-huh. you obviously don't check anything off. <laughs> so if you're a checklist person like me, that, that that's available in there. Like, check, yep. I did that. And, like, you can just see your progress and see how much you've done and where you've come. And if you have kids, they also have the Kids Bible Experience down on the bottom of the homepage. And it's just like a video. And it's a good way to get your kids involved, too. And going back to what I had said earlier, just since I'm on this topic about that thing about how 
it's, you know, let's normalize the fact that we have kids now and we can't find time to spend time with Jesus. It's like, now is the most important time. If you, I mean, it's always important, but there's never an excuse not to read our Bibles. Like, you know, I went through a season of my life where I would feel so guilty if I missed a workout. And then I realized like, I would feel more guilty for missing a workout than I would for missing a day of reading my Bible. And to me, that's like a huge red flag of you really need to check your priorities and break reading your Bible. That is your intimate time with Jesus. That is the whole reason why we're here. So nothing should come before that. But I also think that reading in front of your kids, like reading your Bible in front of them, like that is that has so much power in and of itself. Like dad would read his Bible all the time. And yes, he would stay up late and do it. And um, we wouldn't even see him reading his Bible sometimes. But I think that there's so much power in like your kids or your spouse. If you're married to somebody that doesn't believe reading in front of them, seeing like seeing you study and really spend time and take time like that's going to translate it might not be um until later in life that they see the value of that but there is a lot of power in having your kids see you do that so i have to remind myself of that too of like and both of the girls are awake i should like be entertaining them and i can't do my bible study but it's like no like they can be doing their thing and see you reading your bible and yeah I just wanted to point that out. Well, yeah, and, like, we are called to be imitators of God. Like, children are such imitators of their parents. Our pastor just had this in his sermon, and it's so true. Like, your kids want to imitate what you do. So if you model the behaviors that you believe are life-giving, then they're going to want to take part in that. Instead of forcing all these different things on them, like, I've heard it said with activity um you know like if you say you have to go out for a run they're probably going to resent running and they're never going to want to run in their lives but if you're like hey mom and dad we're going out for a jog or a walk or whatever it is you're welcome to come you know like when they're older if you invite them in and you like they can see how important it is and how fun it can be and that it's just like a routine of your daily life if you make it something that is normalized in your household they're going to want to join in so I know that someday when Quinn gets to that age even before she really gets to that age she's going to want to pretend and partake you know she's going to want to like have her colors out and you know write something even though she might not understand anything that's going on really she's going to want to imitate you because that's what mommy does in the morning it's already like it's I'm already seeing it she will ask me for her voffy which is her coffee which is steamed milk and she'll say bible bible and I'll grab her all of her bible books because she has so many and yeah she doesn't obviously she's two she doesn't know how to read she doesn't understand but she'll sit there and she'll flip through her books and it's so cute and I love every second of it. Yeah. I just want her to love Jesus so much. That's sweet. Um, just some other things, some other tools that you can use. Or I guess 
not really even a tool, but another big recommendation I have is studying with a group. So we've done this differently in different seasons, and but we have a family Bible study that we've traditionally done over Zoom, and we've done it many different ways. We've kind of picked books of the Bible and just said, all right, let's read this verse to this verse or this chapter, whatever. And let's all gather together once a week and talk about it and understand the different applications in our own lives. And we've had different members pick books and then kind of be quote unquote leaders of that study. Then we've also followed the Daily Grace Co. um, books. And then we went through a study on Revelation through YouTube with a rabbi on YouTube. So there's studying in groups in that way is really nice um having a small group whether it be just your close friends at your house or getting plugged into a small group from church there's just so much that you get out of a good bible study and i understand like i've definitely shown up to bible studies that it's just not it's not everything that you need but when you find the right fit it can be so life-giving and so i really really appreciate that about our young adults group is that we get together every Thursday night, we have dinner, we have worship, and then we study. And it's not just like read a feel good passage and move on. It is like over an hour of actually studying. And we have questions that we go through and we have discussion and it'll be kind of sharing information, but it'll also be like, oh, that's so interesting that you thought about it like this because I thought about it like that, but now I have that different perspective. So I think that you really get to dive deeper into the word and see someone else's perspective because it just hit on their heartstrings a little bit different. And then you can see it in that way and kind of apply it in your own life in that way. And then on top of that, I think that it creates growth and intimacy in your Christian community when you do that. Mm -hmm. So how much time do you think you spend a day doing your Bible study? Oh, I don't know. It just depends. And it depends on the season of life. Like the when I read every or when I read the whole Bible, I it was sometimes an hour or two a day. And then sometimes when I was really busy, you know, it was just like a handful of verses or a chapter, whatever it was. Um and then sometimes I get really into a book and wanting to go back over it and I'll be intensive about it. And then sometimes I'm like in a season where I'm just reading through some psalms or whatever and so yeah I don't know I don't think that it's consistent at all it just has kind of changed depending on the season yeah I think that I used to I mean when I didn't have kids my favorite thing to do was to especially in college go to a coffee shop and just do my bible study at a coffee shop for forever Mm -hmm. and those moments were so sweet um now obviously like I said it looks a lot different but I try to wake up early and do my bible study and lately it's looked like doing just a chapter a day um and for me that looks like honestly like 30 minutes So I think that there's also this misconception that, you know, you have to spend an hour or whatever it is in your Bible every day. But I think it's, yeah, like set 
like zero expectations, you know, like don't make it, at least this is what I think in my opinion, don't be too rigid about it as long as you're getting in and you're not just doing it to check it off your to-do list, like you're actually going in and wanting to get something out of it every time and feel the presence of Jesus. I think that that's really what matters. Um, but like I said, on those days when you're not feeling motivated to do it, like be disciplined, say yes. Even if it's like the end of the day, you're laying in bed, maybe you're like Ray and I, and you are more of a, um, actually read your paperback Bible, but you're in bed, you're about to go to sleep and you think to yourself like, man, I should have spent time with Jesus. Open up your Bible app and read something you know, spend some time with Jesus. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be um, the same every single day. I think that it's all about your heart posture going into it because as soon as you realize that you're just doing it to check it off your list, like that's when you're not doing it for the right reasons. You're not going to get what you're supposed to get out of it. Um, so really, and pray, like it says in the Bible, like before you study, pray for wisdom, like pray that God will speak to you through his words. Pray that you will get something out of it. Um, I think that there's a lot of power power in that, in just asking for that wisdom, asking for the words that you're about to read to be applicable, asking for God to show his presence, to just feel the Holy Spirit while you read. I think that there's a lot to be said about that. I agree with that. And also... I know that this isn't um, Bible study related, but, and I know that this isn't perfect and none of us really know exactly what it looked like for Jesus to walk on earth. But if you haven't seen the Chosen series, and I know that there's been a lot of like controversial things about it, but I love it. I think that it brings me to, t like, I don't think that I've ever watched an episode that I haven't just like, literally blubber cried through but I think it's so good I think it's so so good and I don't know what your thoughts are but I think that they do a really good job of reflecting what is said in the gospels and I think that it just makes Jesus feel so real and it doesn't matter if that's not you know exactly what he looks like or if that's not exactly what the time period looked like everybody's just doing their best to understand and if it makes you feel closer to Jesus then I feel like it's doing its job and every time after I'm just like I just want to be I just want to like be in God's presence all of the time <laughs> and like I just want that to be my life like after I watch episodes and it's just so inspiring and I think that that is what it's meant to do is inspire you to get closer to God it's also a really great way to get other people um, involved in, you know, learning about Jesus. I've told so many people, like, you should really watch this show. It's so good. And then it inspires them to read their Bible or something like that, too. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I love it. Yeah, I love it, too. I think it's exactly what you said, that it is showing people that there was life it wasn't just rules or anything it there was like life lived and there was so much love and so much help and community 
when Jesus was on earth. And I think that it is inspiring people to want to know more about what was actually going on then. And that really does, like, The Chosen really does make you want to go back and with a fine tooth comb and go through the Gospels and really just understand better kind of what everything looked like when he was on earth so i agree and that and that is the purpose it is to give some context and to kind of teach people who may not open their bibles but also to inspire people to know more about what was going on back then and then it does do a really good job too because like i said brandon and i are going through matthew right now and a lot of the miracles and things discussed in matthew are portrayed in the um the show and I read Matthew before watching The Chosen, and now, I mean, I've read Matthew so many times, and I'm still getting something out of it. That's the amazing thing about the Bible. But I also have this, I can see the miracles now. Like, I can, like, and some people might say that that's not a good thing, you know, like you're putting false images or whatever, or that's not really what it looked like and whatever. But for me, being such a visual person, it helps me to really see what that looks like and it makes me feel the emotions of it so much more and to me that makes it so much more powerful like now the film is like translating and I'm able to like emotionally feel what that would actually look like for Jesus to heal someone of leprosy to you know have someone walk who's been paralyzed their whole life now that means so much more to me and I just think that that's really really powerful yeah i agree like, with I that. Know there's a lot of like skeptics about that show and everything but to me i i love it i think it's good there always will be and nothing's going to be perfect but if you get goodness and you get closer to jesus from it i don't think that's bad yeah so so far so good big chosen fan yeah, I also um, wanted to say too, like, um, and I want Brandon's gonna be like, stop saying this. I want to do a whole podcast episode on this, but the power of who you follow on social media. So, because that's one of the things that I also have done is there's Janine Amapola. She's one of the gals that I follow, and she does monthly Bible challenges. Excuse me, where- it's Janine Ward now. Um, no, it's Janine Amapola Ward, Ray. <laughs> oh. <laughs> On Instagram, it's still Janine Amapola. Um, she has, she does monthly Bible challenges, which is just like a fun way to like get into community um, and read a chapter of the Bible with a bunch of other people. Yes, you might not be talking about it together, but just to feel, you know, like you're doing it alongside other people sometimes can be really helpful. And then she just goes on her stories every day and you just read a chapter a day and then she'll kind of break it down, share her thoughts, how it's applicable to her. And sometimes that can just be helpful too. But to me, even if I'm not doing the Bible challenge with her, it's just really nice to get onto Instagram or whatever and see other people getting into their Bible because it really does inspire you. Or maybe it's like, oh man, I haven't gotten into my Bible today. So yeah, I probably should do that. And I think that there's a lot of power in who you're following on Instagram. And that's the podcast episode that I want to do is like, how can we use social media to um, be a kingdom builder or, you know, elevate our life and not 
be a mechanism of distraction from Jesus. So that's just another thing that I was thinking about. There's a lot of um, influencers and things like that, that, you know, they're not always going to get it right. Like, I really love the Girls Gone Bible gals. They, like you said, too, like, they don't always get it right, but their heart's in the right place. Um, at the end of the day, you have to take everything back to the Bible and test it against scripture to see if it is true and it's real. But it's a lot of people just sharing their experiences, sharing their love for Jesus. And we are human. We're not always going to get it right. And you have to take everything with a grain of salt and compare it to scripture to see, you know, what is real. But there's a lot of influencers. There's even just a lot of people that specialize in this specifically like they share so many bible tips and if you just like go and search like bible study tips on instagram or something or on pinterest then so much is going to pop up and the more that we can get like our algorithm and our feed to be about jesus the better of a place it's going to be for our eye gates to be seeing that information and um so i just wanted to talk about that quickly that Social media can be a distraction or it can also be a place where, you know, you're scrolling and you're seeing how other people study their Bible or what they learned from the Bible today. That's huge. Yeah. And um, on that note, and kind of going back to what you were saying earlier about the fact that you read Matthew before you watched The Chosen and it then it gave it more context, more life. And then you've read it again and again and again, and you continue to get stuff out of it. It reminds me of... Um, I think it was the latest, whoa, that's good, podcast episode, and um, Sadie was interviewing John Mark Comer, and he said the beauty of the story of Jesus is it's simple enough for a child to get the gist of it and complex enough for a triple PhD to spend their entire life learning and still discovering new layers to it. And I thought that was so meaningful and so true that you can continue to read scripture over and over and over again and get so much out of it and that kind of also ties in with what you were saying that there are influencers and other podcasts that you can lean into that will offer you so much wisdom and you might not be studying the bible but you are learning pieces of the bible and learning context to the bible through them so i just wanted to shout out a couple um different podcasts that i personally listen to and I think Demi also listens to that we've gotten a lot of um information from a lot of inspiration from and just learned a lot from these other people doing podcasts so Girls Gone Bible like Demi said that one is really good and they speak a lot on scripture and more like topic based um Sadie Huff's well that's good Happy and Healthy with Janine Amapola Keep It Real with Ali Shanaki. She's amazing. Um, that podcast is really, really good. It's just not super consistent, but if you can listen to Ali speak, she's a well of wisdom, especially for being young. Um, and then, like, Dear Future Husband is something that I've listened to a little bit lately. I don't know if you have any other ones, but those are some really good podcasts that I've learned a lot from. Yeah. And I I love a podcast. That's why we're doing this. I was going to say. It's just something really nice to, you know, I listen to podcasts while I work out. I listen to podcasts while I clean. 
while I'm driving. Like, it's just a really great way to just listen and also do other things at the same time. But yeah, definitely really great podcast. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I was going to say too, when you were saying earlier, just like be disciplined, be disciplined. We get it that not every day is going to have a lot of time. And I don't even read my scripture every single day some days, but you don't only have to read scripture to spend time with Jesus. So if you are, you know, stuck in the car or something, or you just open your Bible and you can't do it. You've taken in so much and it's just not working for you. You're not understanding. You're not taking anything in. You're rereading every sentence because your head is somewhere else. Honestly, I my thought in that moment is to do something different. Find a different way to spend time with Jesus. You don't always have to be taking stuff in. I think that just as equally as we're taking in wisdom from God, we need to be pouring out worship to God. So if those things aren't working or you just don't have the opportunity, throw on worship music, pray, uh, listen to a podcast, do something that resonates with where you're at in that moment, and um, the, and just ultimately spend time with Jesus, becoming closer to Jesus, learning more about the heart of Jesus, and um, really just giving back that worship, that praise, and that love to him. Because that's something that I think we don't do enough of. Oh, for sure. I think that that's huge. I think that something that I'm really challenging myself to do this year is, because I'm, like, you just described me to a T. Like, I'm so good at taking stuff in and, like, I'm like I said, I'm good at reading my Bible, but I'm really bad at just sitting still and being like, okay, Jesus, like speak to me, like just being quiet and addressing him directly and remembering that he's there. He's listening to us. He wants us to talk to him. Um, I'm really bad about like making quiet time to really like address him. I do throughout my day, like, I feel like a lot of my inner dialogue is just, like, me kind of chatting with Jesus sometimes, and sometimes I'm, like, what was it? Was it Cassandra that we were talking to? And she was, like, sometimes I feel like it's inappropriate if I talk to Jesus when I'm going to the bathroom. Do you guys think that's inappropriate? Oh, my gosh. It's such a funny thought, but it's true. It's, like, all just, like, my inner dialogue is, you know, talking to Jesus, but getting like really raw and carving out time to just sit and be still and address him and pray and yes like lift your hands and worship and give give to him all of you is sometimes a really hard thing to do and understand yeah and understand where you connect best because we're not all the same and I think that when you understand your personality and where you're at in life and kind of apply that back, you're going to get so much more time out of it. And what I mean by that is like, you know how, I don't even know when this started to become a thing. It's been a couple of years, but this concept of hot girl walks and just basically like bringing light to the goodness of walks and how refreshing they are and how undervalued and underrated they are 
and so like it's this trend of like hot girl walks but also i i call them like my jesus walks so i just really take things in better and can like concentrate better on words when i'm hearing them if i am um moving so like if i am running or walking and so i if i am sitting in my bed trying to listen to a podcast versus going for a walk and listening to a podcast I will get vastly different information from that because my Mm -hmm. mind starts to wander and then I start to feel anxious. Like uh, I'm sitting here and I see that that's dirty and I'm sitting here and I haven't moved or whatever. And it's like you, you're kind of killing two birds with one stone in that way. But I think there's something for me personally about just being like moving my body and kind of just concentrating so much more deeply on what I'm hearing that, is resonating with me so just understand kind of where you get closer to god and how you get closer to god um and the environment that you can put yourself in to really absorb or to give out and and make time for that yeah i guess what i was saying is like be disciplined yes in spending time with jesus like don't let your day go by and have everything else be more important than him and but I don't want to give off the impression that you should be a Christian and never read your Bible like be disciplined even on the days when it's hard to spend time with Jesus because he's the whole reason why we're here you know and I think that there are so many things that we put above importance of him and we're all guilty of it at times. This world is crazy. And I just think that at the end of the day, we have to remember that the whole reason why we are here is to be a light. And in order to be more like Jesus, we have to know what he was like, you know, and we only know that by reading the Bible. Amen. If God's not your North Star, then something else will be. Yeah. And I think too, this is, we can wrap it up with this, but really think about the things that are taking priority over God. Like, it's probably going to be shocking to you, the things that you would put above importance of, you know, reading your Bible or worshiping him and spending time with him. And I think that we all need to take inventory of those things and then make some adjustments to really put him back at the center of our life at the center of your marriage at the center of your friendships like we say that these things are built on the foundation of god but maybe they started out as the foundation and but that's not always you know this isn't something that you just do once it's something that you work towards every single day and we have to remember that mm-hmm. amen I have a feeling that this podcast is to be continued. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's just going to be an ongoing conversation, but I think that maybe the next podcast, a good one would be like the social media sort of situation. And um, I want to talk about music too. So yeah. maybe just what we consume and how we yeah. can improve it to be to help us be better reflections of the kingdom and ambassadors for Christ. Yeah. I think with all of those, it's kind of this 
umbrella of how do we get more Jesus in our day when we live in a hustle culture and what things can we change or what things can we implement into our routines that will feed us more life-giving information and be more of a connection for us. AKA, how can we pee off Satan? (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I think about it that way, honestly. You're like, like, let's stir the pot. (laughs) Literally. And then I'm like, spiritual warfare? Lord help me. (laughs) (laughs) So what's up? (laughs) I'm so that person that's like, I'm going to go push Satan's buttons and like rub Jesus in his face. And then I'll see the repercussions of that quickly. And I'm like, oh. But good thing my God's bigger. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. I love it so much. All right. Uh, It's funny because we thought that this was really not going to be that interesting of a podcast, and it's our longest one. So we need to get our booties off of here. We need to go spend some time with Jesus. We got to go. It's been real. It's been fun. See you in the next one. Bye.